Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to the Resource Room Podcast. Today, we will be talking all about scheduling conferences. Before we really dive in, I want to be real and let you know that I have done this in a variety of ways. And so I will be sharing a little bit of like, I used to do this. This is what I tried this year and go from there. And I'll share the pros and the cons, all the things. So as with everything, routines matter. Routines for your kids, routines for you, because we don't want you feeling like a hot mess all the time. And I don't know about you, but scheduling conferences is something that is so easy, yet I avoid it just a little bit. And I swear, no matter how early I think I'm going to do it or get ahead, I still find myself falling short when I don't have a plan or when I veer away from the plan just a little bit. So I'll first start with what I did this year because so far, I mean, the year is not over yet. I'm recording this at the end of April, so we're getting there. Overall, it was a major success. I'm very, very happy and content, and I will probably do this again next year. At our back-to-school open house, for every student and parent that came, I scheduled their conference. So maybe their conference wasn't until February or April or May, but I still scheduled those conferences. And to do that, I just downloaded a blank calendar, um, which I found a cute one on TPT. It was free. I downloaded that for the whole year. And so then I took post-it notes and I wrote on that calendar, like on the post-it note that I then stuck on the calendar, all the conferences I had for August, all the conferences for September, October, November, for the whole month. And I put them on post-it notes because I knew later I was going to have to go back and probably put those post-it notes in my planner. So I wrote all of those dates. That way I knew when that student would be due. When that parent and that child came into open house, I would find their name on the calendar. That was kind of like a station in my room. I would find their name on the calendar and say, okay, you know, is there a day or a time that works better for you? That kind of thing. And I would, let's say they were due on the 14th. I would hold the meeting no later than the 7th. That way, I at least had a week of wiggle room. Because we all know that in August, making a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment or an eye doctor or something, that things change sometimes by May. And your work schedule is different or you're working at a new job altogether, whatever. So I wanted to have some wiggle room in there so that if they don't show up on that particular day, I at least know it and we have some time to reschedule. After open house, then in our district, we also have, we really have two teacher days. Open house is on the first. So then on our second teacher day, then I spent time calling and talking to those parents and saying, hey, you know, I know you were probably busy last night 
and I'm doing things a little bit different this year, can we go ahead and get your annual case conference on the books? That way I know that we have a date and time that will work for both of our schedules in advance. And every parent was all good with that. It was perfect and fine and actually, most of my parents really liked that because then they weren't scrambling to take a day off of work or, or whatever, and I knew it was going to work for both of our schedules. Now, in previous years, when I was not doing that at Open House, that was kind of like my mission for one day or so early in the month where I was looking ahead. So let's say that it is September 1st, and I am looking ahead to see when I'm going to schedule conferences or start calling parents, I would be looking from September 1st all the way to like October 1st and get all of those conferences scheduled. And then the same would be true. Then on October 1st, I'm going to look ahead until November 1st. What, what things are due? I might even go and let's say it's October the 5th, I might still look and see, okay, can we go ahead and get that scheduled in September so that it's not creeping up on me when I look at this on October the 1st. In both of these situations, whether I scheduled it at the beginning of the year or at the first of the month, either way, after I get all of those meetings scheduled, then it's time to go to Google Calendar, which is what our school district uses. That's how we reserve our conference room. That's how we invite. And then um, for some people, they can attend virtually, virtually through Google Meet. It's just our system. Maybe that looks different for you, but for me, then I go next to Google Calendar and I invite everybody. I then go to their IEP and I generate the notice of case conference, all of those things. It's step by step. And usually that is done in one or two sittings. So first I might be doing a lot of calling and maybe recalling and maybe texting, maybe sending home a letter or something for students to take home to parents. And then after that, then I'm going to Google Calendar maybe the next day once I have all of those dates and times. Whenever I was doing this month to month, and to be honest, I can't even say when I was because still initials or reavals, those are still happening on a month to month basis. So when I do that, typically I get out a post-it note and for this particular task, I have some bigger ones that are maybe like a four by six size or something. They're a little larger and I'll write all of the kids that I need to schedule. And then as I talk to the parents, I'll jot down the date and time that we agree on and move on to the next student and follow up with somebody else that maybe I haven't gotten something down for. And that just kind of hangs out on my desk until I get it in Google Calendar. And then what I love about that is then I can mark it off like, hey, I'm done. I've put it in Google. I have generated that notice. Everything is sent home. Mark them off. I'm done. And that just helps keep me accountable and I know who I need to schedule and did it get to Google Calendar and in their IEP in all of the right places. I also try to always then text parents some of those reminders. Even if we just scheduled it a week ago or a couple of days ago, I still like to send a reminder because we all know what life with kids is like. You wake up and everything should be so perfect and somebody doesn't have clean pants to wear, somebody can't find their shoes, it's a hot mess, you barely get out the door, and you forget that you have a meeting at nine o'clock or whatever it might be. So I try every morning, 
if I have conferences to text those parents like, hey, just a reminder, we have a conference today at nine o'clock or we have a conference today at two o'clock. Maybe a text message isn't something that you're comfortable with. Maybe you need a little card or a little reminder that goes home with the student. Um, we have even before taken a piece of paper and stapled it around their wrist like a bracelet telling, hey, you have paperwork to bring back. You could do the same with a conference. Hey, you're, you have a conference tomorrow at two o'clock or whatever on their little bracelet so that they see that. That is okay. Just have a system for that. For me, I am not organized enough to do it the day before. The day gets away from me. So I like to do it that morning and let them know. Earlier in this episode, I told you that I would give you kind of the pros and cons of both situations. So let's start with scheduling them in advance. This year, I love that I had all of my conferences scheduled in advance. There was no calling parents, texting parents, any of that, playing phone tag. Most of them were done in person. I knew that the parent agreed. I gave them a little card, a reminder. So I loved that. I also loved that I could do the Google Calendar invite and I could also generate that case conference notice in advance. So I kind of did all of my kids, 15 to 20 of them, all at one time. So that was beautiful. The downside for me is I still had to kind of on a monthly basis look ahead to see what initials or what reevaluations needed to be done. So even though I did all this work at the beginning, there was still like the month to month stuff that still needed to be handled, but it was significantly less because I'm not scheduling four or five annuals and two or three initials. It was just the two or three initials. So that part was nice, but it's not like I schedule them all and I never have to think about scheduling another conference again. The advantages then to scheduling, say, month to month or a little more of in the short term, the advantages, I don't have to usually reschedule them. I mean, obviously things happen, but most of the time within a two or three week time period, those parents will know what their work schedule is. They'll, you know, things like that aren't going to change as drastically as they would from the beginning of the year to the end. So less reschedules, that kind of thing. However, it kind of sometimes stresses me out when I'm having to call multiple times. And you know, some parents, they answer a text message or answer the phone right away, where others were doing it multiple times. So I really did like having it all done versus the stress of like, oh my gosh, the conference is due in 15 school days and I haven't been able to get a hold of the parent. The conference is due in 10 school days and they won't answer. I've sent a message, I've done all of this, and I know three attempts you can go ahead and schedule, but I like to have the parent on my side. I like to hear their concerns. I like to get that signature in the meeting. I like for us to be a team and not somebody who's just sending paperwork home that they sign. I want them to be able to ask questions. So I do want them there but there are only so many hours in a day and after several attempts, at some point you've got to pick a date and a time. Regardless of what you choose, you just have to find something, stick with it, maybe revise as necessary, but have a system, have a procedure, have a routine, something that you do over and over and over again. Something that you can kind of rinse and repeat, do it again, do it again, you know the drill. 
And so as of now, unless I'm driving down the road or doing something in my classroom and an idea strikes me for another episode of Routines for You, this is the last episode of this season. This is the last episode of this series where I'm talking about routines for you. So I'm going to take this chance to then kind of reiterate one really, really important takeaway that if you don't listen to any other episode or you don't implement anything from any other episode, remember this. If there is an area of your classroom or an area of your paperwork organizational side of things that you are slacking on or that is not going well, that you're constantly doing at the last minute, chances are you don't have a good routine you still have some work to do on establishing what do you do first and when do you do that? What do you do next and when do you do that? Maybe you need a checklist. Maybe you need it put on your calendar. Maybe you need a weekly routine. Whatever it is, you have to find a way to make it so that you're not always the hot mess that forgot the conference or didn't get this down or you're calling parents at the last minute saying, oh my gosh, their IEP is due tomorrow and I'm just now realizing it. Whatever it is, which will be different from you than it might be for me, whatever that thing is, start thinking of how could you create a routine, a set of steps that you just do on a daily, a weekly, a monthly, a quarterly basis, whatever that is. And for all of us, that's different. And so I want to give you a little example of this in real life. A couple of years ago, I realized that I really, really sucked at ever giving an updated IEP at a glance. It literally never happened. I gave it at the beginning of the year and we could have 30 initials and I never gave an updated copy of the IEP at a glance to any teachers, their gen ed teacher, their specials teachers, bus drivers, cafeteria, never, ever did I update that like I do at the beginning of the year. I also was terrible. This really came with COVID. That's my excuse, but I'm not going to just stick with excuses. However, I was also, or I also became terrible about putting copies of psych reports and current IEPs in the students' PRs. I was terrible at it. Before COVID, I would walk the parent out the front door and immediately go to those PRs and put it in. However, once we shifted to more virtual conferences or phone conferences during that COVID spell, I'll be honest, there were times that maybe I didn't finalize the IEP right then. I never went to the office. I went back to my room or to go get a group. I never even went into the office to put a copy of that in their PR. And so here's me telling myself, one day we had a situation with a student and my principal was in a meeting with that student's parent. He goes to the PR to pull out so he can reference their IEP. Guess what isn't there? (laughs) Oops. And of all ways to get caught kind of doing something or not doing something that you know you should be doing. So he came to me and was like, Amanda, do you know why this, you know, thinking we do have a couple new teachers. I think he thought maybe it was their mistake. I owned up to it. And I'm like, no, I I can't blame anybody. And I hate excuses. So I'm not even going to give you an excuse. It's me. I'll fix it. 
And to be truthful, I'll tell you the excuse because it's you and it's not my principle. And I'm being real. I want you to learn from my mistakes because we all make them. That student's initial conference was literally at the height of all our behaviors. Literally the shit was hitting the fan. We had multiple kids in multiple classrooms, multiple grade levels, losing their damn mind and so were we, to be honest. We have a behavior team and it was too much for them. It was like literally all hands on deck. And during that time, I was not always getting a full prep or, you know, I, it was just, it was a hot mess. Or maybe I had this little bit, but then I was three days behind. Uh, it, it, it was just a mess. And that's my excuse. But I have to figure out a way to make up for those excuses. Because when that was happening in September, and they were talking and he references that PR in February, I look like a dummy. I look like somebody who didn't do my job correctly. And the same is true with those IEPs at a glance. I literally have only excuses. Oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I have so many kids. Oh, I'm doing all this. Those are excuses. And we all have them. We all do. That is reality. I'm not even complaining about all those circumstances. I'm just being real. However, when that was coming up, it's like, okay, then I need a routine. I need something that I can put on my calendar or some, some system to fix this issue. And so going back to those IEPs at a glance, which was like a problem maybe two or three years ago by now, but with those IEPs at a glance, I knew I had to fix that. So I decided, I was going to go through my calendar and write on the first of every month, I was going to write IEPs, IEPs at a glance, IEPs at a glance, the first of every month, or maybe the first was on like a Saturday or a Sunday, so it was on the third or the fourth or whatever. I would go through and write IEPs at a glance, IEPs at a glance for every single month for the whole school year. And then whenever I saw that on my calendar, it was something that could be checked off. It was something that could be done and so I would do that. I would go through and say, okay, it's November 1st. What conferences do we hold in October? It's December 1st. What conferences do we hold in November? And I could print those. Sometimes I would even be really ahead and have it done in advance and ready to distribute on December 1st or on November 1st, whatever it was, because it was something that I knew now I know is coming up and the the problem began to solve itself. So then when the PR problem started coming up, I decided when I see IEPs at a glance, I'm not just going to print that, I'm also going to go to their file and get the psych report that is literally sitting in my filing cabinet and I'm gonna walk it to the office and put it in their PR. Same is true with their current IEP. I'm gonna walk it to the office and put it in their PR. The beautiful part about that is where the PRs are, that is also where our staff mailboxes are. So if I'm really on top of it, I can literally deliver all of those things at one time. I can put those IEPs at a glance in the staff mailboxes and drop those IEPs or FBAs or psych reports, whatever needs to go in there, it can literally go all in one trip. So I want you to be reflective. I'm not saying it has to be your principal catches you not doing what you're supposed to do like me with the PRs. 
something else. Maybe it's something that you're constantly taking home. Maybe it's something that you always feel like, why am I doing this at the last minute all the time? Whatever that is for you, find a routine for it. Figure out how can you put this on your calendar? How can you work smarter rather than harder? How can you find a routine or a system, a set of steps that you're going to do over and over and over again? You can do it, but honestly, it takes a little bit of trial and error and it takes a lot of honesty in yourself. Why do you suck at getting things in their PRs? Why are you terrible about never giving IEPs at a glance? It's okay to have excuses, but don't just stay stuck there of I can't because. Figure out how you can fix it despite all of those situations. Yeah, you know what? Behavior might be a little nutso. You've got to figure out how are you going to get it done anyway. Maybe it's asking for help. Maybe it's trading off with another person here or there so that you have an extra little chunk of time. I don't know what's realistic, but figure it out. Maybe it's just as simple as marking it on your calendar so that on the first of every month or the 10th of every month or the third week of every month, you know, hey, I've got to get this done. As always, I want to hear from you. What routines have you taken from me? What routines do you want to share? Be sure to go to the Resource Room Facebook group and share what you're implementing. Maybe it's something from me or maybe it's something that you already do. And as I was talking, you were like, hey, Amanda, this used to be a problem for me. Share it with others so that we can grow and learn together. So I'll talk to you next week where, full disclosure, I have no idea what that episode will be about. But now that I have finished this batch of podcast episodes, now I will be able to really step back and start planning the next season. Talk to you then. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the resource room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.